Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray on this Ascension Day that by your Spirit, you would open our hearts to your Word and your Word to our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There's a, a famous book called The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, written by the Christian author C.S. Lewis. It was published in 1950. And Lewis originally wrote it for his goddaughter Lucy Barfield and he dedicated the book to her. It's become an international bestseller and um, it's really about a, uh, on one level it's like a, a fantasy novel for children and uh, there's mythical creatures, there's talking animals, uh, but on the other level there is a great insight into the kingdom of God within its pages. The story is really like two stories and the sort of context story is one of which four English children are evacuated during wartime to go and live in an old house in the countryside. And there are lots of spare rooms in this house and the youngest of the four siblings, Lucy, uh, finds her way into a room where there's this wardrobe and she goes through the wardrobe and discovers a magical land that lies beyond the land of Narnia, which has its own dimensions and its own characters, like the, the Wicked Witch who rules the country, the Wicked White Witch. And um, also time runs in a very different way. In Narnia, time seems to pass much more quickly than in the world uh, of, the, of the four children living in this house. Well, on the third visit by Lucy into Narnia, the other three siblings, her three older uh, sister and two brothers, are with her in Narnia. And it turns out that they, it seems, are there to fulfil an ancient prophecy. And they discover on their adventures that in this prophecy they are, uh, they are seeking to, to save Narnia and also to save their own lives. In the end, uh, Aslan... Uh, the lion who represents the lion of Judah, the white witch represents Satan and the children represent the human race. And um, in this, Aslan the lion dies in order to save uh, one of the children. And soon afterwards, he rises to life. He vanquishes the evil white witch and then he places uh, crowns, as it were, on the on the two boys and the two girls to be the kings and queens of Narnia, to rule with equity and and grace and generosity over the land, and then Aslan walks off unexpectedly into the sunset, leaving them to rule and to reign over Narnia. There's great echoes in this of the end of Luke's gospel where Jesus ascends into heaven and leaves his disciples as the rulers over, over the world. And so Luke writes his uh, two volumes, part one, which is the, the first part of the works of Jesus, that's his gospel, and then the second volume, which is the Acts of the Holy Spirit, which is the acts of Jesus, really. And it's the second part about the works of Jesus Christ. When Jesus is enthroned in heaven and, and rules over the earth from that place through his followers, through the new 
kings and queens of earth, uh, with human beings being once again in their rightful position that we read about in creation at the start in Genesis chapter 1, when human beings are created to rule and to reign, to, to be fruitful and multiply over the whole earth. It's the story of recreation through the Saviour, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And so Luke ends his gospel with the ascension and begins his acts uh, with all, also with the ascension. We heard Barbara uh, read that for us uh, wonderfully today, Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 14. And it tells us about Jesus ascending into heaven, ascending, moving into the heavenly dimension, a dimension which is close at hand. And we know as we knew with the sense of Aslan in that story is that Aslan hasn't gone far away and that he will return. And so in that, C.S. Lewis is painting a, a picture for us of the Christian life, of the kingdom of God, that Jesus is now in this heavenly dimension. His, his body is in this heavenly dimension and that is close at hand. Jesus is not far off. The heavenly dimension is not far off. It is at hand and that Jesus will return. And so as the disciples, as we heard in Acts chapter 1, are standing watching Jesus move off into this heavenly dimension, the bodily Jesus moving into that heavenly place. Uh, the two angels, the two men dressed in white, come and, and stand with them. And as it were, they say to them, why are you looking up into the sky? Men, there is work to be done before Jesus returns. And so remembering that Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem until they are imbued and clothed with power by the Holy Spirit, they take the short work, work walk. They take the short walk between the Mount of Olives and the city of Jerusalem. And they're joined by the woman who followed Jesus. And they're, they're joined by Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And they all join together constantly in prayer. And it's no wonder that they join together in prayer because they'd just been given the task of telling the whole world of declaring to the whole of creation that they were now under new management. Everyone, everywhere, everything was now under new management. There was a new person in charge, no longer Satan, but now Jesus, the King, the gracious, generous King. This is the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so the job that they were given was, I'm sure it seemed quite a daunting task, a task in which they, as a very small group of seemingly uh, powerless group of people, were to be like heralds to declare to the world that there was a new king in charge. They were to go and spread throughout the whole earth and to deliver this message. And that message is the same message that we have to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, that the cosmos, the whole world, is now under new management. And just as the disciples went out into a world full of poverty and cruelty and apathy and sickness, we too go out into that world. Yes, there have been great advancements. Yes, civilization has often been transformed 
uh, governments and, and laws have been often transformed. Many billions of people transformed by the Holy Spirit, recognizing that Jesus Christ is Lord, bowing to him in the here and now, preparing for that day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And yet we too still go out into a world where there is sickness, where there is need and poverty and apathy and cruelty and bitterness. And there is often such hopelessness and we go out into the world of need and we declare that the world is under new management, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that there is now a new king and his name is Jesus. We don't go out to say to people, um, you may want to make this king Jesus, the king of your lives. That's not what we do. We go out to declare he is king of every life, everywhere and every place. Our job is simply to go out and to declare that to people and to show the love of that and the reality of that to people in and through our own lives, through our words and through our work and through our witness. Our job is not to coerce people or to force people. Our job is just to declare it and to show the wonder of it in our own lives, how it's transformed our lives and also through our work and through our love and through our compassion and through what we do and through what we say to communicate the reality of that to other people. The people who hear us may not accept the message, they may not understand what we say. The Apostle Paul wasn't adverse to going out and declaring that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was Lord. And sometimes the people said to him, who is Jesus? Sometimes they said, what is the resurrection? Paul wasn't concerned that people wouldn't necessarily understand it. But he was open to them then asking questions that he did his very best to answer. And so that is our job. It is to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To do that, like the first disciples, we need emboldening, we need empowering, we need courage to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in these next 10 days, echoing those 10 days of between the first ascension and the first Pentecost, we as a diocese are joining together in 10 days of prayer to pray for boldness, to pray for courage, and to pray that the Lord would send us out afresh to declare that everyone, everywhere, everything is under new management. To simply be witnesses, to be like heralds going out and just telling the new way that things are. And to answer the questions that people may well have whenever they hear the message or see the different ways that we act and the different ways that we work. So in these 10 days, let's engage in prayer. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to, to be emboldening us, to pray that Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God in that place of authority and power by which he rules everyone, everywhere, whether they accept it or not. He is in that place and we pray that he will continue to pour out his Holy Spirit like a mighty river and that we would live in the presence of, of Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit. We would dwell in that place of knowing that we are loved and we would express that love in word and in deed. And so all we need to know is that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's all we need to declare. That wonderful words of that hymn came to mind earlier. The king of love my shepherd is whose goodness faileth never. 
That's our message. There's a king of love who is, I'm like a sheep, he is my shepherd and his goodness never fails. That, that's the message that we live out. That's the message that we declare. So in these 10 days between Ascension and Pentecost, when we celebrate the answer to the prayers that those first disciples pray, and so we pray in confidence that we too will be heard, we too will receive afresh the power of Jesus Christ to declare the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray in confidence, let's pray for boldness, and let's declare in our lives by our words and by our witness the fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our God, that you are God Almighty, that you are our Heavenly Father, that we are your children. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Give us a fresh confidence and a fresh boldness and a fresh determination not to be afraid to tell what we have discovered simply Jesus Christ is the King, the King of everyone, everywhere, over everything, throughout the whole cosmos, every galaxy, every universe. Lord, we thank you for this wonder. We thank you that it's good news because you're putting everything right, that you're putting everything up the right way, filling the world with your love and your goodness. Lord, give us fresh grace to show that in our lives, to declare it with our lips, to your praise and glory. Jesus, in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to declare this wonderful faith as Stephen leads us in the Apostles' Creed.